Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, if you will turn to Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. Some of you all don't think that's funny. When you turn now, you'll know why. You don't read your Bible. There's only one chapter. There's no chapter. It's just the book of Jude. As you turn to the book of Jude, I want to uh, just give a, a great welcome to uh, our uh, some Awana guys that are with us that will be here for our training. Uh, we're excited for them. and Thank you guys for being here with us. Uh, we also uh, want to give a great uh, welcome uh, to Brother John and Miss Faith. Uh, they're with us, and so with us this weekend, as you know, uh, they've been up in, in Tennessee uh, doing treatments, and so uh, we're glad to have you guys with us uh, this weekend, and, and a lot of folks have been praying for you, and uh, they'll continue to keep doing that, won't we, church? We'll continue to keep praying, and uh, you look great, man. I, I hope it's all going well. I think it is, and uh, we'll just keep praying for you that the, uh, the treatments will go well, and uh, you're in the best hands, you're in the Lord's hands, and so... Uh, we're thankful for that, uh, and so it's good to have you with us. Uh, we are walking through uh, the word faithful, and we're looking at the word faithful all year, and we've been looking at our mission statement, that is to love God and love people, uh, keeping the great commandment, doing the great commission. We've walked through our five core values of worship, fellowship, evangelism, discipleship, and we're now on missions, and so we will be looking at being faithful in missions in the book of Jude, we'll cover the whole book of Jude. Uh, we'll uh, look at many different um, uh, verses in the book of Jude. And uh, the subtitle is, Contend for the Faith. And that is one of the main things of Jude, is to contend for the faith. And so, if you have your Bibles open, or your apps are open to Jude, you'll stand with me. We're not going to read the whole book. Uh, we'll just read verses 3. Uh, 3 and 4, I believe so. Let's read together. Jude, verse 3 and 4. Dear friends, although I was eager to write you about the salvation we share, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. For some people who were designated for this judgment long ago have come in by stealth. They are ungodly, turning the grace of our God into sensuality and denying Jesus Christ, our only Master and Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Lord, you are excellent. The name of Jesus is excellent. And Father, there are people in this room, people all over this campus, people who are listening online, that they need a God that is excellent. They are facing difficulties and diagnoses and facing uh, circumstances in their life that is hard. And they need a Lord that is excellent. And God, you are in. You're the only one. And so we put our trust and our hope and our faith in you. God, help us as a church to be faithful in missions. Help us to contend for the faith at all times. Help us to trust in the scriptures. Help us to trust in your plan in your word. Help us to gather together as the saints of God to accomplish the mission. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. As we said just last week, that missions, the definition that I've given the missions is simply go and tell. I think that's the easiest definition of missions. Most of the time when people think of the word missions, we think of international, uh, flying thousands of miles away to another country. And although that is true, missions is also across the street. Missions is also across the hallway at work or the desk beside you or the locker beside you or the classroom next to you or the office or a teammate that is beside you. Missions, the definition of missions is go and tell. Going and telling. So uh, can we say that all together? The, mission, the definition of missions is what? Go and tell. You got it. Wow, you're good. Let's pray. We're done. Uh, you, you get missions, you wish. Uh, we would pray and be done. Uh, I have one page of notes. We'll see how long it takes us to get through it. But missions is go and tell. So here's what I want you to do. All throughout my sermon, all throughout the message, anytime you hear me say missions, I want you to say out loud what? Go and tell. Now, I will forget. And I'm going to say missions, and you're going to interrupt me. There you go, see? Half of you wasn't ready for that. I just forgot about it. So anytime I say that word, you say, go and tell. By the end of our time together, you're going to know exactly what missions is. There you go. It's going to take us longer, but it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be perfect. When we look in the book of Jude, there are some observations that we observe, especially when we are looking at being faithful in missions. Number one, <laughs> y'all doing pretty good. <laughs> there is one faith leaving us with one message. There is one faith leaving us with only one message. When you look at the verse we just read, I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once for all. Jude is writing to the church. He's writing to believers. He says in verse 3, I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share and celebrating about that. And he said, I found it necessary to write to you to appeal to, uh, to you to contend for the faith that was delivered to you to the saints once and for all. The reason is uh, they had uh, folks coming into the church and they were false teachers and they were preaching another message. They were preaching a different message than the gospel message. They were getting the scriptures wrong. And Jude is writing to the church to contend for the faith, protect the faith, contend for it, fight for it. I'm appealing to you, contend for the faith that I delivered, that was delivered to you, the saints, once for all. That once for all means there is only one message. There will not be another message. There is no other message. There will never be another message. Many people today, they are trying to change the message of the scriptures to fit their lifestyles. Trying to change the scriptures to fit their idea of who God is or what they want the scriptures to say. 
Many today are changing the words of the Bible. But Jude tells us that we, he is appealing to contend for the faith that was delivered to the saints once, once, and for all. There's one faith, one Lord, one baptism, therefore, we have one message. And so when we go to do missions, we have one message. And that message is the gospel message. We do not take the scriptures and, and uh, uh, warp the scriptures to fit our lifestyle. Many people today, unfortunately, many in the churches today are taking the scriptures and they're saying, well, that's not really what it says. Uh, we, we have different ideas and uh, different thoughts on what the Bible says. and It doesn't really say that. That's what got us into this mess, didn't it? Remember back in the Garden of Eden, the devil said, well, God didn't really say that. And what did he do? He began to deceive Adam and Eve, and he warped the scriptures. Well, that's not stopped today. People are still doing the same thing today. They're trying to get the scriptures to fit their lifestyle rather than making their lifestyle fit the scriptures. We have one message, that's it. It is in this book called the Bible. The Holy Bible, the canon. And when the canon was closed, from Genesis to Revelation, there is no other message. You have preachers out there preaching something different than what's in this book. They will give an account for that. And they have a lot of followers, actually, because sometimes it's easy to preach something different. But we have one message, Jude said, once for all. <laughs> once for all. The scriptures were given once. One time, this is it. And not only were they given once, but they are the standard for all people. All people. Doesn't matter where they live. Doesn't matter how they live. The color of their skin. The, the location of their home. The location where they work or go to school. Jude says, it was delivered to the saints once for all. For all people. So your co-worker, they need the one message that we have. And that is the gospel message. Your neighbor, they need one message, and that is the gospel message. Uh, your family members, your friends, your coach, or your teacher, or the locker beside you, they need one message, and that is the gospel message. There's one message, once and for all, and that is the gospel message. And so, when we are involved in missions, we have one message. Oh, I almost slipped by some of you. <laughs> There is one faith, therefore we have one message, and that is the gospel message. People don't need to hear my opinion. They don't need to hear your opinion. They don't need to hear the Pope's opinion or any other religions out there. What they need to hear is the only message we have, and that is the gospel message. That God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That message uh, transcends all boundaries, all languages, all barriers. All people need the gospel message. We need to contend for the faith. We need to fight for the message of the gospel. We preach no other message but the gospel message. Observation number two. Missions. Oh, wow. That was good. You kind of scared me for a second. Missions reminds us of the doom that awaits those who reject the gospel. 
This is not the good part. This is the part that many people try to leave out of the message that we have. When we are faithful to missions, it reminds us of the doom that awaits those who reject the gospel. Look at Jude verses 5 through 10. Now I want to remind you, although you came to know all these things once and for all, that Jesus saved the people out of Egypt and later destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels who did not keep their own position but abandoned their proper dwelling. He has kept in, he, he has kept in eternal chains in deep darkness for the judgment of the great day. Likewise, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns committed sexual morality and perversions and serve as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. In the same way, these people, relying on their dreams, defile their flesh, reject authority, and slander glorious ones. Yet when Michael the archangel was disputing with the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme anything they do not understand. And what they do understand by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. What does this say? Apart from the gospel message, those that reject the gospel, they are doomed. And it gives examples of people and whole cities who rejected the gospel message. And they were doomed when we are faithful in missions. It reminds us of the doom that awakes those who reject the gospel. This has been preached throughout all the scriptures. It's the second main theme of the gospel. That apart from Christ, you are committed to hell for all eternity. Those who receive the gospel are saved. And those who reject the gospel are doomed. It doesn't matter what false teachers are saying. It doesn't matter what TV preachers are saying. It doesn't matter what the Book of Mormon says, what the Watchtower says, what a priest says, what the Pope says, and what Oprah says. Those who reject the gospel are lost and going to hell. The Bible needs no explanation on this subject matter. And when you and I are faithful in missions, it reminds us that those who reject the gospel are doomed for all eternity. They're doomed with no hope, with zero hope. And so when we're faithful in missions, it doesn't just remind us of the doom that awaits those who reject the gospel. It also reminds us of the joy that awaits those who have received the gospel. Observation number three. Missions preserves, there you go, preserves the souls of men for all eternity. Missions preserves the souls of man for all eternity. You can interrupt, it's fine. Look at verses 20 through 23. It says, but you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, for what? For eternal life. Have mercy on those who labor. Save others by snatching them from the fire. Have mercy on others, but with fear, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. 
There's no greater word. Listen to me. There's no greater word in the scriptures than the word eternal. Especially for those that have surrendered their heart and life to the Lord Jesus. And the Bible tells us in Jude that says, waiting expectantly for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Aren't you thankful for eternal life? We praise the Lord. That's why we gather as the saints of God to praise the Lord for eternal life. Yes, we come in here with all kinds of problems. Yes, we come in here with all kinds of circumstances and situations that have ripped the, the happiness out of our life. But yet we still have eternal life. Amen. Amen, church. We praise the Lord for that. Churches that are declined or plateaued or that are dying out, they have forgotten that God has saved them for eternal life, for all eternity. So therefore, when we are faithful in missions, it preserves the souls of man for all eternity. Listen, the only way to make sure the truths of scriptures are carried on to generations to generations is to be committed to them now. Now. Security doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from your accounts. It doesn't come from your guns. It doesn't come from your political party. True security only comes from the work of missions. Exactly. True security comes from going and telling. True security comes from people hearing and receiving. A great job with great benefits, high-paying job with wonderful benefits. It may preserve you for a lifetime, but it will not preserve you for eternity. It may preserve you for a lifetime, but only missions will preserve you for all eternity. Psalm 78 verse 4 says this, We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders of the, and the wonders that he has done. Listen, you can pass all kind of things on to your children. And many of you will. You'll pass on, uh, you know, a home or some property or maybe a car or your garage full of junk, right? I saw this cartoon, a little picture one time. There was a, an old guy standing beside the sun. And old guy's got a cane, you know. And, and they're standing right in front of their garage and it's slapped full of just junk boxes. I mean, it's slapped full. They don't have a car in it, which is what the garage is for. But it became just, I mean, it has junk everywhere. And it, the picture looks, the dad looks at the son and says, Son, one day, all of this is going to be yours. That sounds like great. You know, I get all of your junk. Well, we can pass on all kinds of things to our kids. We can pass on all kinds of things to our children, or our grandchildren. And a lot of those things can be great things. You can pass on your money. You can pass on all of your money that will preserve your children and grandchildren. But listen, unless you pass on missions, they will lose in the end. Unless you pass on the glorious scriptures, they will lose in the end. You can pass on, you can give your kids the best of the world. You can uh, ride in your will. Uh, they can get all of this when you pass on. When you die, they get the car, the house, the boat, the debt, all that. They get all of that. But unless you pass on the love for the scriptures, they lose. And we've gained nothing. Gained the whole world, but we have forfeited their soul. 
Missions preserves the souls of man for all eternity. You can pass on all kinds of great things, but unless we pass on a heart and a love and a faithfulness to missions, then we lose. That's when we find families that have fallen away from the Lord. That's when we find churches that are closing their doors because the color of the carpet and all these other things have become the, the, the most important thing. But unless missions is the most important thing, we lose. And may we be a church that is faithful, listen to me, that is faithful in going and telling. May we be a church that is faithful in not just passing on a great building, but may we be a church that is passing on a faithfulness to missions. Observation number four. Faithful missions leads to faithful living. Faithful missions leads to faithful living. I like this, by the way. I like it that you're involved. I'm, I'm a fan of it. <laughs> Look at verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. And may the church say amen. amen. Now to him who, the Lord Jesus, he is able to protect you from what? From stumbling from falling away, from being put on a shelf. He is able to make you stand in the presence of His glory without blemish. What is able to do that? The gospel, the message of Christ, missions, allows us to stand before God Almighty without blemish, to stand in His presence, in the glory of His presence without blemish, and with great joy. Missions leads to faithful living. Listen, the more we are mission-minded and the more we are faithful in missions, the more we are protected from stumbling. Now, let me ask you this. Who in here you love to stumble? Anybody in here? Yes, I, I love to stumble. Oh, I just love it. I love to live through life and go to school and work. I just love to stumble over sin. I, I love that. I mean, I just love to sin and stumble and fall. I, I really get a lot of joy out of that. I don't know anybody that loves that. If I were to ask most people in here, if not everybody who professes Christianity, that you are a Christ follower. If I were to ask you one-on-one, -on -one, and I were to say, would you like to know how to prevent stumbling every day? Would you like to know that? Most people in here, if you were in your right mind, you would go, yes, I would love to do that. You know why? Because when you stumble, what happens? Your wife gets mad at you. Your husband gets mad at you. Your children get mad at you. Your parents get mad at you. Relationships are broken. Marriages are in strain. You lose your job. You lose this. You lose that. When we stumble and fall, sin enters the world. Sin enters our life. And we become more separated from the Father. And the Bible teaches us in Jude a very simple way to live. If you desire not to stumble, be faithful in missions. Be faithful in going. Be faithful in telling. Be faithful. 
in going and telling the gospel message. Those who live faithfully are those who are committed to missions. It's really that simple. Does it mean you won't stumble at all? No. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that you will stumble less. You will sin less. Why? Because you wake up every day in the presence of the Lord and you look for every opportunity to go and tell. You look for every opportunity to go to someone and tell them the great news of the gospel. And when we do that, our eyes are fixed on Jesus and not on the things of this world. And so when our eyes are fixed on the Lord more, we stumble Less. And so if you want to go throughout your days tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday this week and the rest of your life, if you want to stumble less, you need to go and tell. If you want to stumble less, you need to be faithful in going and telling. You need to be faithful in missions. Listen, you can do a lot of good things in this life without living faithfully. You can attend church. Just by attending church doesn't mean you're living faithfully. Serving others is not living faithfully. Being on a committee, teaching a class, feeding a family in need, keeping the babies, all of these are great things, but they're not living faithfully. To live faithfully, we must obey the commands, especially the great command. And that command tells us to simply go and tell. If you want to live a faithful life, dear sir, if you want to live a faithful life, dear ma'am, don't go to church every Sunday and, and just enjoy your time there and then go home and live life like you want to. Is that a good thing? Yes. The Bible says you ought to go to church. You ought to be faithful in gathering together with the saints. Yes, you ought to serve. Yes, you ought to teach. Yes, you ought to keep the nursery. Yes, you ought to do all those things. Yes, you ought to be involved in a one and student ministry, children ministry, senior adult ministry, whatever ministry we got. Yes, you should be involved in those. But how do we live faithfully? We live faithfully by obeying the greatest command, and that is to go and tell. Here's the question for you and I that, faith, that we have to face this morning. Are you living faithfully? Are you living faithfully? Now, before this sermon, if I were to ask you that, you would have said, I think so. I go to church as much as I can. Uh, I tithe. I, that's a good thing, right? Uh, I go to Sunday school. Uh, I'm a deacon, or I teach, or I serve on this committee. I do this, I do that, I serve in the nursery, or whatever. I help people when they need help if I can. I give the shirt off of my back if I, if I can. I'll help, help change a flat tire for someone. And you would name all of those things. And all of those are great things. But yet we would be neglecting the, the greatest command God has given us. And that is to go and tell. You remember what we said was it last week? We're all going to have an evaluation one day when we stand before the Lord Jesus. There's going to be an evaluation process. And God, Jesus is going to ask us, did you live faithfully? What we're going to say? Oh yeah, I went to church. I went to church. A lot of people go to church and they're lost. Okay? I went to church. I did this. I did that. And we're going to name off all kind of things we, we did. We're going to name them all. Look at all these things. Look, i got a ministry schedule. My name's highlighted on three or four times. Lord Jesus, look what I did. And Jesus is going to say, well, what did you do with the gospel? Did you go and tell? What are we going to say? Well, I just didn't have the time. I just didn't have time. You going to tell Jesus that? No, you won't. You can try. It's not going to go very far. You don't have time. You don't have time. 
You can sit in front of your TV for hours upon hours. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I didn't know who to go to. You didn't know who to go to. I told you who to go to. Just look at the scriptures. I told you where to go. I told you who to go to. I didn't, I didn't know what to say. You didn't know what to say. I told you what to say. You have the gospel. You have the scriptures. I told you what to say. The question for you. The question for me this morning. Listen. We need to face it head on. Are you living faithfully? Are you living faithfully? And by faithfully, yes, I mean going and telling. Ask ourselves again. When was the last time you went and told them? When was the last time that you went to someone with a great purpose of telling them the gospel? When was the last time? Has it been a week? A month? A year? Has it been five years? If you haven't went and told somebody the gospel, and you haven't shared the gospel in five years, you have not lived faithfully in five years. That's what the Bible says. We must live faithfully. We must be faithful to the scriptures to go and tell. If you love me, the Bible says, Jesus says, you will obey my commands. May we be a church that is faithful in missions. Let's try it again. May we be a church that is faithful in missions. Let's do that. Amen. Let's do that. You all have people in your life. Who's your one? We've asked that question. Go and tell. Go to that one. Listen, next week we start two services. Now I know it's been great having a packed house every Sunday. But we're not here to have a packed house, are we? We're here to reach people for Jesus. And in order for us to do that, we got to have more space. And so we'll go back. We've been on our summer schedule. And it's worked out great, I think. It's been great coming together. But we got to remember, what's our purpose? We want to reach as many people as possible so we can build a big church. No, I, I, don't, I have no desire to build a large church. All we care about at East Cloba Baptist is transform lives. And the only way we're going to see transform lives is if we are faithful to missions. So next week, we're going back to two services. It won't be as full like this. Maybe not. Here's what I'm asking you to do. This week, remember that one? The one you've been praying about, praying for? Go to them this week and say, you're coming to church with me. Don't, don't even let it be an option. Just say, listen, you're coming to church with me next Sunday. we got two services. Which one do you want to go to? You want to go to 815 or you want to go to 11? I don't know if I can. I didn't ask you that. You're coming to church with me next Sunday. And I pray that every person in this room, every person in the nursery that can hear me, everybody online is going to listen this week. That this week we will make a huge effort this week to go and tell the gospel. And next week when we have two services, both services are going to look just like this. Amen? Do you believe that can happen? I believe it can happen. You know why? Because God is for missions. He's for it. He's for it. He wrote it. He told us to do it. He supports missions. He wants us to be faithful in missions. So it's my desire. Listen, it ought to be your desire this week. You're going to do everything you can, every person in this room. Whether you're 105 or 5 or 2 years old, you're going to do everything you can to bring somebody to church next Sunday. Will you commit to do that? Will you nod your head? Don't, don't nod your head if you're not going to do it. Just look at me like you are now. 
Just nod your head. Yes, I'm going to do that. Now you're not committing to me. You're committing to the Lord. We should already be doing that. Next Sunday we'll have two services. It's my prayer that both services be full. You know the good part of that is? Not so we can leave and go, oh, did you see our two services? That was amazing. No, because when they come next week, you know what they're going to hear? They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. You go tell them the gospel this week. You say, listen, you're going to come to church with me Sunday. And we're going to worship the Lord together. Can you do that? Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for the gospel. Lord, we're thankful that you have given us the command to go and tell. Lord, I, I don't believe everybody in this room is saved. I, I, would, I would probably guess that there are a number of people in here this morning that need the Lord Jesus that are not saved. Listen, if that's you this morning, you're the one that needs to hear the gospel. You're the one that we need to tell. And I want to tell you the gospel. And the gospel is this, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son named Jesus. And Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that if you will surrender your heart and life to him, then you will put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. He'll save you. You say, Mike, how do you know that? Well, I know that, number one, because the Bible says so. And I know it, number two, because I've experienced it in my own life. So if you need the Lord Jesus this morning, we're inviting you to Him. Would you trust in Him today? In a moment, we're going to stand and sing an invitation. I'll be down front. Pastor John will be down front. We'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Maybe you need the Lord Jesus today. Or maybe you're here this morning and through the Scriptures, you can realize you are not living faithfully. Oh yes, you can check off a lot of boxes of what you are doing. But what about that great command? What about that, that big box at the very top of the list that you don't get to check, that you're not going to tell them? Would you join me at the altar? Would you join me and pray and ask for forgiveness? Say, Lord, I've done all these great things, but I've not been faithful to go and tell them. I'm not living faithfully. Lord, I want to start today to live faithfully. And maybe you're like me. They need to spend time with the Lord seeking forgiveness. So, Lord, forgive me for not living faithfully. Lord, I'm going to do that. Lord, I don't really know how. I, I, I'll probably mess up a lot, but, Lord, I'm just going to trust in what you say. I know who I need to go to. I know what I need to say in the Scriptures. Lord, I'm going to do it this week. And I pray, listen, my prayer for you is that God would just empower you that as you're speaking, you don't even know what you're saying. That God is speaking through you. Do you know typically that's what happens? God uses you in a mighty way. God's the only one that can take ordinary and turn it into extraordinary. He's the only one. May God use you this week to live faithfully. Lord, have your way in this place. God, if you're calling, calling us to make a decision. I pray, I pray we'll do that. In Jesus' name, amen.